Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Allen. I am J.P. Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. We are knee-deep in 90s March Madness. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, I haven't talked about this in March Madness yet. I can't believe it. $1.9 billion in corporate losses every year as a result to March Madness simply by lack of productivity by the majority of the workforce Whoa. in March as it relates to March Madness with brackets, with games, etc. $1.9 billion in corporate losses every wow. year in the, just in the month of March because of lack of productivity. We hope that we take away from your workforce as much as March, Mad- March Madness. We hope you <laughs> are distracted by us and you just... <laughs> You're not as productive. No, we, uh, that's crazy. But though. you know what, though? You know what, though? The boost in morale. There you go. Has oh, some more than make up for that's that. That's good. That's good. You I know? like that. And we hope that we are bringing you a, a morale booster, and boy, do we have a good one. Oh, I Just- waited so long. Oh, man. This is, uh, we are pumped about this. It was a fun, fun 90s jam um, coming at Rob, tell them what we've got coming to oh, them. Oh, man. We've got one of the greatest 90s hits of all time. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. We've got yes. This is all for you by Sister Hazel. Finally, I figured out what it took a long, long time. Now there's a ton about me because I'm trying. There's been time Keep it through this. Hang on. Everybody. Time. That's yeah. oh man, the irrecognizable ir- yeah. time. Yes. Of of Ken Block. Ken Block, oh, ladies man. and gentlemen, best time singer you ever heard. That's right. And if you'll stick around with us to the end, we are going to speak to the man himself, Ken Block, lead singer of Sister Hazel, writer of this song. And one of the most distinctive voices oh, in so uh, of good. the 90s. And um, one of my favorite interviews. I know I say that yeah. a lot and I have to be careful about saying that because everybody's great. But man, this guy is so cool. And we had so much fun. Yeah. And that was one when we hung up the phone. It was like, how wonderful was that? Yeah. What a yeah, great yeah. dude. So that's right. Sometimes sometimes we we hang up and we go, I'm, I'm glad we made it. Uh-huh. Right. And then most of the time, 90% of the time we hang up and go, dude, that was great. That was awesome. And then and then and then sometimes we go, that person was one of us. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? He's he's us and that exceeded expectations. Yeah. Ken Ken Block is one of us. Welcome to the family, Ken. So, yeah. Uncle Ken, we'll see you next year's Christmas. <laughs> right. It's good to have you. Yeah. Cousin cousin Ken. Cousin Ken. That's it. Cousin Ken. We got Uncle Dave and Cousin Ken. There you go. Yes. So that is all for you by Sister Hazel from the 1997 album Somewhere More Familiar. It is one of the most successful adult top 40 hits of all 
time. <laughs> yes, every time you say that. Every time it, <laughs> you say that word. It went uh, to number one on the U.S. Adult Top 40, number seven on the Mainstream Top 40, number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, where it stayed for five non-consecutive weeks but never quite cracked the top 10 of the Hot 100. It is number five uh, on U.S. Adult Alternative Songs chart, number two in Canada, and get this, we say this occasionally that it was a, you know, something was the number something song for an for a whole year. This song was the number 30, 36 song for all of 1997 and the number 76 song for all of 1998. Oh, wow. It carried over It here. was one of the top 100 songs for two consecutive years. Um, and that is very impressive. Yeah. Uh, it is number nine on a brand new chart. We got a brand new chart okay. to talk about hey, today, which I'm right. excited about. So, you know, we always rag on uh, our confusion about the Billboard All-Time 600. Um, this week, I discovered a new a chart that I was unaware of previously, and that is the Billboard All-Time U.S. Adult Top 40 chart. Okay. Okay. This is basically the list of songs aimed at adults who are not into hard rock, hip-hop, or AC. Okay. okay? Adult contemporary. So this is you, straight line down the middle. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So adult contemporary is very like ballad heavy. You think like Celine Dion is mm-hmm. what I think of immediately when I think of adult contemporary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's people who are like, I just like sort of, uh, this is a bad way to say it because it's not true, but like just regular music. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, the adult top that's, 40 that's is that. perfect. It's, that's well said. Okay. So, um... So I wish I could really dig into this chart a little, but it's only available to Billboard Pro subscribers who pay $500 a year, uh, and that ain't happening. So I was limited to what I could see by refreshing the page super quickly and scrolling <laughs> down as quick as I could before That's the paywall popped up. five times our yearly budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, before I noticed, I went to it, and I was like, oh, it only shows the top three. Um, and and then I noticed I refreshed it for some reason, and I noticed that it showed it blipped up for a second, a little bit before the paywall popped up. So I tried to scroll down as quick as I can to see what I could <laughs> see. Um, and so here's what I got: I got I did verify the number nine status of All for You on on the all time U.S. Adult Top Forty list, um, and then I was able to catch the songs just above and beneath. Okay, and that's all I could make good. out. Okay, sandwich so, it. So it's sandwiched. Um, Number 10 is Hanging by a Moment by Lifehouse. Okay, it's pretty regular. Yeah. And number eight is, you guessed it, You and Me by Lifehouse. Oh, my goodness. Lifehouse sandwich. Yeah, it's a Lifehouse sandwich. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. uh, That's very weird. The top three of that list is public. (laughs) So I can tell you that number three is Wherever You Will Go by The Calling. Okay. Uh, Number two is Trains, Drops of Jupiter. Okay. And number one uh, is Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas, yeah. which our, our disdain, not disdain for Santana, but our feeling of overratedness for Santana mm-hmm. is well documented. But it's a hit. But now, that song you, was a massive for hit. For a long time. I and mean, that's just, good company. For, and that fits, when you say regular music, yeah. like that sounds, that, I don't want to generify. Yeah. Generify is not a word, but it should be. <laughs> Jamiroquai is a word. Jamiroquai is, yeah. and we will cover Jamiroquai in the future. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that fits, you know? That's yeah, good. Yeah, it's perfect. It's just like, Music. Just give me, give me some, some music. Just, Just give me give some me music. Some songs. That's yeah, good. that's it. So, um, so that is that is sort of where in the pantheon of rock history this song sits. I mean, this is a this is a song that people are going to love for a long, 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 long time. You know what I mean? Uh, t- excuse me. A long, 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 long time. There it is. Uh, there it is. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's just one of those. It's one of the most feel good. You know what I'm saying? Oh it's yeah. Just like, it's just like uh, basically this song could be summarized by just going. 
I freaking love you. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that's what this is. The energy of this song is God, I love you so much. I don't even, I can't even say it. I, I don't even, ugh, I don't even know the words. Uh, a few thoughts for me. I just have a bunch of, I'm very listening thoughts heavy on, on this episode, if that's all right. And just interrupt me, inter, you know, uh, interject here wherever you want. Um, First, I love the snare on this song. I know that's a weird place to start, but I really love the sound of the snare. It rings with these overtones that I really love. Um, and actually, we, we, I'm going to make you now share a story about a snare drum that okay. we recently learned, uh, the snare drum of yours. Okay. Um, so tell the story. Last week, sure. you and I got together. Last, last week, me and, me and Rob got together. We played in a blues band through college, um, and we're called the Chattanooga Blues. Shout out to Robbie Wade. Um, and we had our uh, – and Chad Cochran's normally, but he couldn't be there. So long story short – we started as a three-piece with Rob on drums, me on bass, and Robbie on guitar. So Rob's like, I'll just play drums for a little bit. Uh, and then we had another drummer that came in and played. And the drummer that came in to play, um, I have the, a kit that I have set up at my house. Um, we'll just li- leave it as that. And um, I've had this kit for forever. And I've moved pieces for you drummers would be like, what in the world, why do you have this mixed with that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a hodgepodge of many different kits that I've just ended up with. And I have uh, this snare that I've just had forever. And the drummer that came in um, to play is like, oh, my gosh, this snare is worth so much money. He's like, I bought a snare for Christmas. He's like, and this was in a different price bracket. It's like a a really expensive snare. Yeah, it's a vintage Ludwig Superphonic snare. All you drummers out there, you know what I'm talking about. Aaron Ralston, the drummer from Glass Hammer, I know he listens every week. He'll be like, you just had a Ludwig Superphonic vintage from the late 70s or early 80s. 80s. Yeah, it's got the gold and everything on there. I'm not a drummer. So I'll just be real. I'm not. A, I mean, I can play in four, and it's you know whatever. I can get through, but I'm not your guy. You call on. So the drummer that came in to play with us, another one of my friends, and he's never played on this kit. And he's like, oh, I love this snare. And my initial thought is, as the non-drummer, I'm like, Well, I'm gonna trade or sell this snare and get just a cheaper snare and some gear that I'll use on the regular. Yeah. So the mistake I made is I told my wife this story and she's like, no way. She's like, you're keeping that snare. She's like, you're keeping the good quality snare drum. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's I guess so anyway, that's the end of that story. But that it, it's uh, all that. Oh, but I have a follow up to that because Rob who played drums, the first yep. set that we were there, he's like, man, I wasn't going to say anything because he's like, but I love the sound of this snare. Yeah. He's like, he, I was just he thinking makes, to myself while I was Man, playing. This Man, this snare sounds snare great. sounds great. I didn't even bother to look and see what it was. <laughs> I didn't, but this guy, yeah, this other guy just knew sitting down looking at it. He goes, is this super phonic? Where'd you get this? <laughs> anyway, uh, love the snare on the song. And it's got uh, the drum fill actually after the down chorus. There's like the chorus at the end where they go just drums and vocals. And it's got this little fill um, that is is perfect and it's full of a bunch of snare and it's got like diddles and paradiddles and all the good rudiments in there you know it's just great it gives me the same vibes as the beginning fill of like two princes by spin doctors you know it really sets mm-hmm. off the energy going forward let me play it actually while i'm talking about it here's coming out of that um speaking of good regular course. music spin doctors yeah right it's all for you here we go Oh, yeah. I love it. It's just so good. Nice job, Mark. So, Killing it. So good. Love that. Um, let's see what else. The, the the guitar solo tone is beautiful. It's just perfect. It's nice and dark. Um, it's perfect. It's um, I think it's an SG, Gibson SG. Um, and that's a guitar that is, I can't make it be something that I want to play. As many times, I've heard many SGs make wonderful music, but I can't look at that guitar and go, yeah, that's for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it looks to me 
like it would play like a tree branch. <laughs> and and I can't make it It's go. mentally more than him actually picking it up and playing one. Yeah. It's, it's just like, I can't see myself playing that. I think once I've played one, uh-huh. one time, um, but I just go, that's going to be unplayable. And it's going to look so stupid on me. You know what I mean? And it looks cool on so many people. I just go, that's not my guitar. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I don't know what it is. But, but, the, but the solo tone is just beautiful. And, of course, the, t- the solo itself is, you know, fantastic. Love it. Um, the use of bass and electric dropping out on the verses is really nice. It all kind of, you know, you heard that first verse that is just acoustic and drums and vocals. They drop back down to that uh, on the second verse. And then bring the bass and the electric back in on that E minor chord, that sort of pre-chorus um, thing. Which it's actually capoed up a half step. Oh, is so, it really? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, so, so that would be an F so minor. An F minor. Okay, so we're in A flat here, not G. Correct. Okay, all right. Good to know. Um, so it, it makes that re-entry feel important, you know, and keeps the song kind of moving along. Uh, let's see, what else? The down chorus. Uh, we just talked about it, but the uh, the down chorus where they come out of the guitar solo um, and into the third verse, then they go into the chorus, and it's, it's just drums and vocals. And it's technically three-part harmony, but it's nothing like what you would call traditional three-part okay. harmony. Okay, let's take a listen, and then I'm going to just give, give a little thought on this. Yeah, it's great too. Every time. Here we go. Hard to say what it is I see in you. Wonder yep. if I'll always be with you. The words can't say and I can't do enough to prove it's all for you. One more time. Why not? I'll, I'll listen to that drum fill all day. That's great. Um, That's a great mixing too on that, as you can hear all three true. parts. Very well blended. That's and, very well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. In sort of traditional uh, harmony, all three parts would move around the melody in a certain way, okay? And, of course, you've got the melodies, hard to say what it is I see in you, right? And so um, traditionally, you would have parts that move not not equally exactly with those parts, but but equally in relation to the scale, okay? Um, So you would have a part that goes... It's hard to say what it is I see in you, or something like that. And uh, and then you'd have a part underneath that is similar but starts on a different partial. And they would all move in sort of, um, uh, you could make chords out of every note as they move. This is not that. Um, this is more like, there's a thing, I remember reading in Sting's autobiography, um, which I've read uh, almost half of. Um, I've read... <laughs> That's an accomplishment, though. Yeah, I've, I've read the first third to half of a great many books. <laughs> and, um, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I feel like that makes me an educated person. Um, but, uh, yeah. Not counting, he skips the intro and the four words and all that and just jumps yeah. straight in. No, I'm not trying to waste... No, I'm not absolutely. gonna waste five of my thirty pages. I'm gonna read. Yeah, no one it, filler. Why, you know, uh, yeah. Why do Why do I want Stuart Copeland's take on Sting's life? I don't <laughs> I'll just really get care. Straight into Sting. On just Sting. give me Sting talking about Sting's life. But anyway, in his book, he talks about the first time he heard the Beatles sing "Love Me Do," um, and he talks about how interested he was by the fact that they took two parts of harmony. And did it non-traditionally where, you know, you've got one part of love, love me do. 
you know I love you, right? And then the harmony is love, love me do. Mm-hmm. You know I love you. Which is which so high in the mix. It kind of sounds like the melody. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's whichever, yeah. It, but uh, but it's not following the melody mm-hmm. strictly, right? Yeah. The, the melody's going, love, love me, do. Mm-hmm. And it, the, it's love, love me, do, if it was following oh, the yeah, melody. You see true. what I'm saying? Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it just keeps going up, up while the melody's going down. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's happening here, but with, in a sense, of three parts. Okay. You know what I mean? Because you've got... You've got the melody's hard to say what it is I see, and then the high part's going mostly saying on this fifth fifth scale degree. Uh, it's hard to say what it is I see in you. Wonder if I'll always be with you. Right, it's staying up there through the whole thing. It's all for you, and then the low part is doing another thing that isn't necessarily always flowing in the uh-huh. melody. So it's sort of that love me do melody thing magnified, you know, with another part added. They're not all moving together the quote-unquote right way mm-hmm. but it's something that works you know and it sounds unique and it's different there's not not not, not a lot of songs there out there with that That's kind good. of you know like vocal that. thing happening uh so it's really interesting and of course then we can't leave out ken block's vocals oh yeah so dynamic they're so interesting and he has this sort of um you know, uh, quirky, if I can say, delivery, you know, that is really interesting. He has these little pronunciation things and the way his voice just comes out, you know, and he has this just like sort of a supreme confidence about his voice to me mm-hmm. that makes you, it makes him very likable. You can't help but, you know, but like him. Um, and so I think that really comes out especially well in this. It's a great introduction to Sister Hazel. There's a lot of depth underneath this, but this is a great, you know, intro. Um, also, I don't really know how this is possible. And like I said, stop me anytime. But I don't really know how this is possible, but I think Ken and I might play the same guitar. And when I say the same, I mean, I think we might somehow metaphysically have acquired the literal same piece of wood with strings on it. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll post a side by side on Instagram. We have the same or very similar model Takamini acoustic. Okay. With the, and I have another version. Yes. And you have another version, but this one, his and mine have the very same wear around the sound hole. It's identical. That is cool. Um, I was like, how is this even possible? Mine didn't even come. I don't know how his came about, but mine didn't even come about from playing uh, it it was from I was using a CD as a sound hole cover at a at an important <laughs> gig one time and I forgot my sound hole uh, plug and so I put a CD on there with duct tape and and it because that's our budget guys yeah <laughs> yeah and and when I when I pulled it off the duct tape pulled some of the the finish off and yeah. it looks like it's you know worn uh, but his is worn in the exact same way in the exact same place that's awesome um and uh, and I was I looked at it and I went. I do is play my guitar. That's like, funny. What, what's the deal? That's cool. So anyway, um, the live video is brilliant. There's two versions of the video. There's one that is pretty hard to find. Um, you can find a real choppy version on like YouTube that is the studio version of the song and the more studioized version of the the video. Um, but the the live version of the video is brilliant, and both versions show um, you know from the first moment. 
a band who has a fanatical following, and I think that was a great move. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're probably on campus at at the University of Florida somewhere, being from Gainesville or something. And the crowd is also full of like young women, which makes guys more likely to go, "Oh yeah, I like I like Sister Hazel." Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, you like Sister? I, absolutely, sure. I like Sister Hazel. I'll see you tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, you want to <laughs> pick exactly, you up at nine? Let me, yeah, exactly. Let me take you to the show. You know, I mean, it's Sister, not pick you up at nine. But pick you up at six thirty. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, because they're responsible young gentlemen. Yeah. Going to get home by. 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got any thoughts on the song before I just oh, dude, take over the whole episode? No, we're good. Um, we can meet the band. I've got a game. You tell me. Where... Let's meet the band. Let's meet Sister Hazel. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band of Sister Hazel, um, which played on, again, another uh, McKay's Jewel um, of the somewhere more familiar album. Love this album. So good. This is track three as you're reading along at home in your programs. Uh, full band version, all for you. So let's talk a little bit about the band. Uh, Ken Block, who will spend some time. I'm going to save all the Ken Blockness for the, okay. for the interview because it's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, lead vocal, acoustic guitar. On rhythm guitar, Andrew Copeland, uh, harmony vocals, composer for Marty Stewart. Didn't really? Know that. That's kind of a, a little off the radar there, yeah. a little off the rails. Trombone. For boy on boy sets fire. Wow! Trombo- did not know that he's got a solo project called No Regrets. Not too bad, actually. Is it solo like- trombone? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not oh, solo okay. trombone. Right. No, it's different. Um, he was also it was my favorite fact about Andrew Copeland on The Price Is Right in 1999. What? Yeah, that's he, cool. He appeared barefoot. So, okay, there you go. All right, I'd so, like to hear the story behind. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know the don't know the story about that. Is is The Price Is Right the best game show? Oh man, it's in the it's in conversation. Family Feud's got to be in the running. Wheel of Fortune's been around for an eternity. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. You got to be smart to be on Jeopardy, so that rules us out. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I feel like, but being, I know as a kid, Price is Right was the coolest thing you could have, you know, coolest game show you could have. Dan Patrick hosts a sports trivia show. uh, Sports Jeopardy, right? Yeah, yeah. Which Which I think is one of the greatest game shows ever. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Whoa. Oh, from Nashville to Norway? Wow. Remember oh, the man. places? From Nashville to Norway, to Zimbabwe, Chicago to Czechoslovakia, and back. Boom. <laughs> there you go. What was the one? How did we not both know the one? The, uh, the one before. Is it Berlin? Ber- goes, no. Okay, let's do it again. She goes from Nashville to Norway, Berlin to Berlin Zimbabwe. To Zimbabwe maybe? I'm going to look it up. Okay, Keep going. While you're Keep looking going. at that, that was important. You guys at home that are screaming the answer <laughs> at it, you're like, come on. It's this one. Um, I had that computer game. Did you have it? Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. I learned all about geography. All right. Ryan Newell on lead and slide guitar backing vocals. He's credited as playing guitar on the 2007 Collective Soul album afterwards, but I can't oh, confirm this. Okay. So I'm not going to give him credit, but he's credited, <laughs> I, but I can't confirm it. Slide guitar master. Um, even did an interview in November of 2020 on this um, about playing slide guitar. And I was thinking when we were talking just mid-episode, as I was like, yeah, it's capoed up one an A flat. I bet I haven't seen him played it, but I bet he's playing an A tuned down a half step. Um, do we want to pause? And you tell me this the location. It is Bon Air. Bon Air. Bon Air to Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. which is go. a city. I don't. I don't even know where Bon Air is. Think of. Yeah. yeah. So that, that wasn't on the game. That question yeah. wasn't on the game. So. Yeah. Bon Air. All yeah. these. All the listeners from Bon Air. Thank you for the support. That's right. Thank you for for your contributions. Does thank you for listening. Nashville, do Norway, bon Air, Air to Zimbabwe. I guess that works. Yeah. I guess good. whatever. Uh, we got and back and uh, back. We, we nailed that. Um, on bass and backing vocals, don't mess this guy's last name up, JP. Jet, it's B E R E S. Help me with it. Barris yeah. sounds good to sure. me. 
Sounds good. Um, on drums and percussion, Mark Trojanowski um, went to the University of North Texas with a degree in jazz studies. Wow. So your little paradiddles that you're so fond yeah. of. There you go. Jazz he's he's going to know his stuff. All up so in if, there, Mark. If he, uh, yeah, if he, if he majored in jazz studies, then that means he can probably play like a vibraphone, like a boss, um, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff, a rimba. He can do all the little... Cool percussion instruments and and can, I didn't mean to, to he can j- read a chart and I didn't mean to like for a better joke jet past the um uh, bass <laughs> player yeah. uh, past the past the bass player but fantastic great tone great bass mm-hmm. tone um it just it feels good it yeah. fits good so absolutely absolutely um let's see a little bit so about that's the band a little bit about the song uh, Ken Block talked in an interview with Song Facts about the I feel I feel like we really have a kinship with Song Facts. You, do, you go to Song Facts a lot. I do. I use them as that's a, your as, a, as a secondary source. Uh, I don't know, mean fallback in, in a bad way, but that's like a place. Yeah, no, I use them definitely as a supplemental source. It's great. Um, he talked with them about the effect of uh, tape trading on their career, which is cool. Where fans would record you don't do this anymore i guess why well, you might keep like share a voice memo i guess would be the equivalent much simpler okay. now where fans would you know record bootlegs of live shows yeah and then trade them with other fans uh, dave oh matthews. you got sister hazel yeah give me dave matthews dave matthews did that on yeah. the regular with other dave matthews like yeah. you got dave matthews in seattle Ma- yeah i've got yeah i've got I chicago got in, let's yeah, yeah perfect yeah. so um and the result was um the band would show up at some new place they hadn't really played before you know and remember they're independent totally mm-hmm. grassroots um, at the time, and the crowd would be singing along with songs like All For You and like, Happy. How did you learn this? When they yeah. hit the ground. That's Can you cool. imagine you walk into a new market and you've not only already got fans there, but they already know the music that you haven't even released yet? You know what I mean? Like we're doing these songs live. The album is not even out That's yet. That's awesome. And people are singing them back. Dude, I've, I've, we had, I had a little kid one time sing us the intro jingle, sing me the jingle. <laughs> it, it, it's like, this is the great song podcast. I was like, I love that kid. <laughs> and it's been out for yeah. a while. I can't imagine if it's something that nobody's heard right. that yeah. they already know. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, the album, Somewhere More Familiar, was originally released independently. It was their second album, uh, and it was released originally on the band's label, Croak and Poets. Um, it sold 30,000 copies independently, which is just thinking about that now seems impossible, right? I mean, you know, tons of albums on, on major labels now are not selling 30,000 albums, period. Gus Uh, Polinsky, Polka King of the Midwest from Home Alone only sold like 640 copies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. So, so selling 30, 30, 30,000 copies without the machinery of of a label behind you is massive. Yeah, I mean, it's huge in the brick and mortar pre-internet sales days. Yeah, that's that huge. That's the old school way of getting noticed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love that. Um, so I, I remember, and I don't know if this was true, but in the mid to late nineties, you know, I had, I had somebody tell me, um, that the way to get signed in, uh, like CCM was to sell 2000 copies. Like if you could sell 2,000 2, copies and they sold 30,000, that was a way that, that labels knew that you had, you know, um, you had something that they could, you know, use. So they went and sold 30,000. Um, so Universal signs the band then and they re-release somewhere more familiar to the, to the big success, you know, that we all know. Uh, let's see a little bit about the band. Yes, there is a sister Hazel. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about her with lead singer Ken Block, but a very cool story. Hazel it's gonna, Williams. It's going to endear you to the band. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's great. You're going to love these guys. Like, for real. You're going to, once you hear Ken, you're just going to 
if you like them, like it's going to take it to another level. Yeah. Uh, featured in a bunch of movie soundtracks, 10 Things I Hate About You, The Wedding Planner, uh, a sneaky favorite of mine, Major League Back to the Minors. <laughs> That'd be Back to the uh, Back to the Future. Major League three. 3. That's right, where we follow some of the cast of characters from the previous two movies. Thorne is a manager. Yeah. and uh, uh, Jake. Jake is, is, is still – is he in the third one still? I don't I think, think- – uh, no, no, it's got the guy, Scott Bakula. Did I just yeah, make Scott that up? Bakula. Scott Bakula yes. is in there. The guy yeah. from Quantum Leap. Scott Bakula, yes. Um, and and some of the, the best characters. Serrano's in there, I believe. Um, there's a guy in there they call Doc who um, – he only throws – he doesn't have a fastball. That's he right. only throws off-speed pitches. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. So they're like, let's let's see your fastball. And he he throws, and he's like, oh, I think my radar gun's broken. He's like, no, we got it used from the highway patrol. It doesn't register anything under 55. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Great. Um, the uh, Sister Hazel has one of my favorite band fan nicknames. You know what I'm talking about? So like Hazelnuts. They're, they're, yeah, their fans are the Hazelnuts, which I think is fantastic. That's one of the best I've heard. A few others, I, I just went and thought, okay, who, who can I think of? Who can I look up? Uh, a few others that I really liked. Beliebers. I can't help it. You don't have to like Justin Bieber to think it's Beliebers. It's creative. That's it, cool. Um, Cheerios for Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I didn't know that one. Cheerios. No. I didn't know that one. The Beehive, of course, for Beyonce. Um, the Hooligans, both for Bruno Mars. And the Who. Okay. Okay. So it was W H O Hooligans for the Who, which is quite clever. And then just regular word Hooligans for Bruno Mars, which isn't clever, but it's cool and fun. It was he called his uh, backup band the Hooligans, and then it got sort of extended. And the dumbest the ever, fans. Swifties. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That's the ones that I don't care for. A lot of them is just you add I E S to whatever, or um, you know, um, like the the. Uh, what is it? Arianators for Ariana Grande. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't care about any of that. Um, Ellie Golding has the gold diggers. Okay. That's pretty cool. I love that. Uh, and then of course, Weird Al Yankovic has close personal friends of Al, um, which is not necessarily clever, but it's, you know, it's cool. Uh, okay. And we're still trying to come up with a Patreon name. So yeah. if you guys out there can help us with that. That's right. We don't know what to call our, our patrons. Um, in retrospect, we should have not named this show, the great song podcast. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but uh, that doesn't help you in a search engine one bit (laughs) to type in a podcast app and go type in great song podcast. Every podcast is a podcast, Uh, so that word doesn't help you at all. uh Song, generic, great, generic, right? right? There's no, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So every podcast description that has the words, oh, this is a great song, that's included in those search results, <laughs> and if it has any kind of popularity at all, it's you sure. know, usually above ours. So swing and a miss on the name. Swing of the and a miss, but we're in it. We it's ain't too late it. to change. We're it done. We're too late to change. 140 plus and trucking along yeah. through March Madness. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I got a fun note. Unless you got something else before we before we go to Ken, I've got I've got something I got really the game. fun. Okay, okay, let's do the game. Yeah, okay, let's play the game. Know. We're gonna play Stump the Genius. Play the jingle while we get it ready, and we'll do uh, this week's version of Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. Stump the genius, stump the genius, it's time to stump the genius. I take your part. I take your part. All right, guys, we're going to play this week's uh, version of Stump the Genius. I'm so excited to uh, get pummeled. Here we go. Now we're back. You're going to do good, and it's another one where I'm cheering for you. Okay. Um, I think you're going to do really well on this. This right. is not a Stump the Genius where I try to actually stump the genius. This Is Is it 90s related? On the, it's very 90s related, okay. right. but you're going to like the twist. So 97 is where this came out, okay. which I think is one of the greatest years for covers so many covers 
in 97. And okay. I'm going to play them, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the cover, and I want you to tell me who made the song popular the first time. Okay. So I'm going to play the cover. You're going to be hearing the cover, and I want you to tell me who the first person the original. was okay. to chart with it, to okay. do really well with it. Not, okay. not the writer, but okay. who made it popular. Okay. And I think you're going to go five for five. I'm going to get progressively a little bit harder um, okay. as we go down. Um, let right, me this change. is exciting. This is the kind of information I like to know, so hopefully I will. Here we go. We're hoping he goes five for five. We got the bell ready Here we go. to cheer Yay. him on. First one, Stump the Genius, 1997 covers. Who did this first? Uh, this would be the seal version of the Steve Miller song, Fly Like an Eagle. Boom. Okay. Very good. Tom keeps on switching. I love both versions I do too. so much. I do too. Could have gone a couple different ways with this. Hopefully it's not too explicit. This tone is run by Marshall Law. I'm Warren G. Oh, this is, oh, I shot the sheriff well, Warren G. Gave okay. the artist there. Uh, so that would be um, popularized by either Eric Clapton or originally Bob Marley. Originally by Bob Marley. There we go. Good season check. one, episode three. Early. Like four, something like that. Like four, five. Early. Go check it out. Good job. Two for two. Moving on to number three. Not the when rose. Young, oh. This is all by myself. Originally recorded by Eric Carmen. Yes, Eric yeah. Carmen. Three for three. Moving on. Number four. Is that Celine? That's Celine Dion. Blech. I don't think you're going to know this artist. You might. But I think you'll know the original. It's time after time. This is time after Originally time. Originally by Cindy Lauper. Originally by so, Cindy Lauper. So we'll give you the point. Let's see if I know who this is. It's a cool version. I really like it. Hey. Oh crap. I think we I think we played this on our Cindy Lauper episode. We did. Yeah, but is, I, is it I no, I don't know. It's I N O J. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Enage. Um, good stuff. Number five. Let's see if you can go five for five. Mm, this okay. is the this is the toughie. Okay. For me, I think. I'm feeling this, confident. You're gonna know the song, but I don't know if you'll know the original because there's multiple. Alright. One, two, three, four. Say a little prayer for you. Me, I go say a little prayer for you. Say a little prayer for you. Say a little prayer for you. I'm generally not a fan of like EDM remixes. You know the song, right? I. Oh, so, um. Yeah. But I don't know the original artist. Do you know the song, right? Yeah, not as well as I'm supposed to. Made um, popular by. I'll play who it was made popular by, but this is not the original. See if you'll know who the made popular by, most popular, and then I'll give the original. Here's the made most popular by. Sorry, Rob's going four for five. He doesn't get this point, but this is just bonus points mm. here. Is that Gladys? That's Aretha. That's Aretha. So, that's I'm Aretha. Sorry. This is who did it first, though, um, which is a tougher one, I think. Sounds like a Burt Backrack. It does sound like Burt Backrack. Charlie Bassey? The moment I wake up. Dionne Warwick. 
Okay. There we go. Oh, my makeup. Okay. Four for five on Four Stealth the five. Genius. Right. How'd y'all do at home? Let right. us know. Um, I normally get updates from lots of friends on how they did for the week. Um, so we should we should find a way to start a listener uh, pool. A challenge, like a uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did. Like a listener average. See who's batting highest. You know what we need to do is call in a listener. To battle you and oh, stump the genius. That would be dope. That would be uh, awesome. Like, Rob's going to put on headphones and not listen. I'm yeah. going to call you, and then we're going to have stump the genius battle. Oh, that here's, would be fun. Here's your five songs. Let me think on how to do that. That'll be fun. Okay, cool. Um, that was Stump the Genius. All right. Um, I'm, I'm good. You got Excellent. anything before we... Uh... I do. I have a great note. I have a great... Uh, it, it's not even a note necessarily on this song, but it is, it's about this song. Okay. okay. So in thinking about this song, I thought, you know, it kind of has a feel unto itself, pretty instantly recognizable, you know, at that sort of instrumentation and tempo. And then I thought of one other song um, pretty quickly that kind of sits in that same space, and that would be Run Around by Blues Traveler. Similar in feel, you know what I'm saying? Run Around feels like this song feels. Um, So, okay, cool. So then in researching... I come across this great article called Five Ways to Tell If You're Listening to Run Around by Blues Traveler or All for You by Sister Hazel. Okay. <laughs> Credit goes to writer and blogger Christina Holland for this brilliant think piece. Okay. I'm going to read you most of this article because okay. it's hilarious. So this is, this is five ways to tell. Whether you're listening to, to uh, Run Around or All for You. Okay? <laughs> I love this game. All right. This is good. Number five. Are you at a Blues Traveler or Sister, ha- Sister hey, Hazel concert? Well, that's, 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 that's Yeah, they're both still for p- performing. So a good rule of thumb is that if you're at a Sister, Sister Hazel concert, it's probably all for you by Sister Hazel. And if you're at a Blues Traveler concert, <laughs> yeah. it's probably a runaround by okay. them. Okay. Um, Can I guess one of them? Sure. Harmonica. Yes, number four. Okay. Is there a harmonica? <laughs> if you're at all familiar with these songs and getting them confused, then you remember the harmonica. <laughs> Only one of these songs has one. How do you tell? Well, here's a handy trick. Actually, you know what? If you can't remember that the harmonica solo was done by the band with blues in its name, I don't think there's any mnemonic de- uh, device on earth that can help you. Okay. I all got right. number four. That's good. Number three. Do the lyrics make sense? <laughs> all for You is a pretty straightforward love song, so most of the lyrics make sense and are about loving a person or thinking they're important or whatever. There's a similar line in every verse that goes, something, something, a long, long time, which is kind of memorable. So if you hear that, Sister Hazel. Make sure not to confuse it with It's Been a While, which is stained and is totally out of scope, and definitely not a long, long time ago, which is uh, Miss American Pie by Don McLean, who is not Don Henley, and that's a whole other article, really. Um, <clears throat> runaround is, I'm not totally sure, but I think it's about a love interest that keeps giving the singer, you know, the runaround and won't be straightforward with them. So the lyrics are appropriately all over the place. If you hear a guy randomly belt out, I like coffee and I like tea, then never talk about hot drinks again for the rest of the song. That would be Blues Traveler. This is, again, a danger spot where you could veer off and think, bare naked ladies, but don't. Keep your head in the game. Focus. (laughs) Number two, do the instruments cut out at one point? At one point, late in All For You, all the guitars cut out, and you just get drums and harmonizing vocals for a couple lines. The instruments never stop and run around because I guess Blues Traveler really likes their instruments. <laughs> this is maybe an unfair way to put it. Maybe Sister Hazel really likes their voices. I have fairly presented both cases. That's, you decide. That's good. Man, and the number a great one way, article. I love this. I know. The number one way is, is there scatting? Actually, neither of these songs really has scatting, but Run Around sounds like it does. I first heard this song in 1994, and I just learned the first line of the chorus is, but you. Mario! <laughs> right? Man, I just thought it was some kind of scatting. It sounds like buddy yo. <laughs> uh, also, there's a line that goes, tra-la-la-la bombardier. 
which again, in my defense, sounds like scatting because who is expecting the word bombardier to turn up? <laughs> all of the words in all for you sound like words, which is depending on your perspective, either very pedestrian or very comforting. Again, just providing the facts so you can judge for yourself. Anyway, hope this helps you not to freeze up in a target when you hear the song come on over That's here. great. That's um, good. Good job to that person. And so, absolutely. Good job to Christina Holland. And so that was so funny that I had to go and check out another article of hers. And I was so glad that I did <laughs> because the next article. That's of, who I'm calling for Stump the Genius. She's going to play. Absolutely. Christina Holland. The next, the next article that I found by Christina Holland, uh, to my great joy, was called Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls Explained. Okay? Oh, man. If it's bad about Iris. If, Rob hates so, Iris, and I love it. So we're, we're calling back to season three, our okay. very first, this is our round first rivalry of, round of Rivalry Week. Um, and we covered Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, and I freaking hate that song. Okay. <laughs> so. It first, the, this is the beginning of the article. I've always hated the song Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> Rob's like best friend. But listen to this. She goes deep on this because she gets into stuff that I didn't even talk about. Okay. Because it was on the radio all the time in college and every single line is the same melody. This is true. The chorus is literally just singing the same melody but louder. Did you know it also has words? Here's what they mean. And it's, and I'd give up forever to touch you because I know that you feel me somehow. Right. But then. <laughs> But she's she's pointing out that the chorus is the same. Melody. So I don't just, want the world. He's just okay. sca- screaming it. Wow, I never so thought of that. She presents a couple lines at a time and then gives some commentary. She says, he's talking about an iPhone on display in the Apple store. He is blown away by how responsive the touch interface is. <laughs> and then he says, you're the closest to heaven that I'll ever be, and I don't want to go home right now. He's trying out one of the demo phones, and he's so fascinated <laughs> he doesn't want to leave despite the store's uh, the, the store security's gentle nudges. And all I can taste in this moment and all I can breathe is your life. And sooner or later, it's over. I just don't want to miss you tonight. Security is getting really insistent. (laughs) So he's saying his reluctant goodbyes. And I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand. This is the chorus, by the way, where they sing louder to let you know it's a different part of the song because there's no other way to tell. Anyway, he's being dragged out of the store by security. And he's afraid people won't understand he was behaving perfectly reasonable giving the magical technology he'd witnessed. It goes on through the rest of the song. That's funny. It's so funny. And then it gets into, into, okay, um, I just want you to know who I am. He wants to let security know his dad is a senator. Then he says, son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes. The security guard's being sarcastic and asking him to remind him again who his dad is because he said it 10 times. But it's sad and it's sweet, and I knew it complete when I wore a younger man's clothes. The security guard is threatening him by saying he beat up a younger and stronger guy once just to take his clothes. Wait, this is Piano Man. Every time I try to remember Iris, it always turns into Piano Man because they basically have the same melody except that Piano Man has a chorus. I love it. It's so good. That's good. That brought me so much joy That's when good. I was, That's it funny. was at the very end of, of researching, not just this song, but a set of songs. And it was, it was the most joyful way to finish my research. Oh man. It made that's me funny. so happy. Well, we've got just the thing that our listeners need to provide the final bit of joy here. That's right. And that's some time with us and our good friend, Ken Block. Our cousin Ken. Cousin Ken. Man, yeah. so good. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us, Ken. That's right. Uh, kick it to him, Rob. That's right. Make sure to hit us on social media all over the place at Great Song Pod at basically anything. Uh, MySpace, Tinder, uh, uh, FarmersOnly.com, slash Great Song Pod, <laughs> whatever. Where, wherever you do your social media, just put a slash Great Song Pod on there or an at Great Song Pod, and we'll be there. You can also join our Facebook group, Facebook. Uh, <laughs> 
Facebook group, great songs, and the great people who love them greatly. Almost said Facebook songs. (laughs) (laughs) And the face people who love their faces. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on here, but someone that we interviewed, we won't mention his name, when he was like, how do I find you guys? And we were like, a great song podcast. He's like, great pod, great com, great pods, great song Comcast. Comcast. Great pods, song facts. It's like, no, great song, great com. Podcast, Comcast, Comcast. It's like, anyway, go ahead. One day, we're going to release a compilation of all the people people sending us videos or promotional materials trying to say just something as simple as Great Song Podcast and botching it. Oh, man. Uh, Great Songbook Podcast was another. fantastic. Anyway, if you want to go the extra mile and actually support the show uh, with with a couple dollars a month, you can do that at patreon.com slash greatsongpod. Um and uh, be part of getting some rewards, early access, bonus episodes, weekly reaction pods, uh, all manner of things uh, just as a way for us to say thank you if you want to go the extra mile and support the show. But now, we're going to take you to the man himself, the man with the golden voice, the man with the wonderful time, uh, <laughs> the lead singer and writer of this song, Ken Block of Sister Hazel. Take it away. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Ken Block, lead singer, the face, the the, the beautiful deep eyes of Ken Block uh, joining us here. You can see them through your phone. You can see it through the podcast even as, we listen. as you hear. They just come through. When I answer the phone, I was immediately transfixed. Yeah, I don't I don't even let them put lead singer anymore. They just put uh, pretty face. Pretty face. The pretty pretty go. face of the band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's my role. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let that segue actually into my first question. You sure. you seem even from the earliest days of the band on video to be a very very comfortable front man. Um, you're you're I mean you really are um, sort of engaging the camera in a way that is rare. Is that something that came natural for you, or did you, was that something you worked on? No, I definitely. I, I won't say I, I specifically worked on it because that's not. Um, that's not how it happened, but I have been singing out, uh, with bands since I was about 14. And so, um, you know, when you do that and you start playing clubs in your teens and, and, uh, you know, live music venues, you got to start figuring out how to connect with people. And, um, I knew I had a way to do that. And, uh, you know, there's always so many eyes on you judging you. You just have to kind of find the things that work for you, but you know, I, you know, I, I believe it or not. I'm an introverted extrovert. I mean, okay. I, uh, I, uh, I was super shy when I was young and I came out, um, a little bit more, uh, as a, uh, gregarious kind of guy as, <laughs> as I got a little bit, as I got a little bit older and as a, as I discovered alcohol early on, you know, that's kind of <laughs> how that works. And, uh, but, but, you know, it just kind of, it, it kind of develops and, you know, I was in, you know, I sang acoustic stuff and then I was really, you know, hard rock bands at the end of high school and early in college. and um, you know, it's a different kind of frontman thing, yeah. but I think the most I've ever been myself, uh, it's just like sister Hazel's just kind of born out of my head and uh, I was able to just kind of be me. And when you're uh, your authentic self, you don't really have to think about it. So how do you, uh, how did the transition look from being in a hard rock band to sort of to the creation of sister Hazel? Well, one of the things, um, uh, I, of course I love the energy of the hard, harder rock bands and, um, I like, I could sing that stuff. I mean, I had a voice, uh, you know, I could do Judas Priest and I could do you know, all that old David Lee Roth stuff and I could okay. do, um, uh, uh, Guns N' Roses and I can even do ACD, that stuff. But 
um, you know, I, I, I love that energy, but I also grew up with the singer songwriters like, you know, James Taylor, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, Crosby, Seals, Nash and Young, love the harmonies, love the melodies, love the storytelling. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't always, I wanted it to be a little bit more of an uplifting thing and a, and a storytelling thing, uh, for me. And so, you know, they're double kick drums and big Marshall stacks on stage. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm getting energy and I'm screaming, but I don't think anybody really knows what I'm, when I'm doing originals, what I'm really talking about here. So, mm. you know, when I decided to put Sister Hazel together, I wanted that, that energy of a rock band, uh, you know, that's, you know, growing up in Gainesville, uh, you know, we're 70 miles from Skinner and Molly Hatchet and 38 special and the Allman brothers coming through here. So there was, Definite love of Southern rock and slide guitar. And uh, so I figured if I could get a, a good high energy tight rhythm section and get uh, interesting slide and, and, you know, Ryan's just amazing. And then take sort of the singer songwriter uh, harmony storytelling uh, and, and squeeze it up with a little bit of power once in a while. <laughs> that's kind of the fingerprint we wanted uh, moving forward. And that's what felt like all of the pieces of the puzzle. Outstanding. Well, it certainly seems to have worked. And the fact that you're, you know, still, uh, still going as sister Hazel more than 20 years after the original sort of, uh, uh splash, that is really yeah. a testament to the fact that that was a great idea. Uh, so it's amazing. It's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around, but yes, it is. It is something I'm extremely proud of. Yeah. Well, we got some questions we want to ask you about, uh, your, the, the enduring classic that is all for you, uh, that yeah. made its sort of indelible mark on, you know, in nineties hits, um, mm-hmm. uh, the first question I want to know is that opening chord arpeggio thing before the first verse yeah. kicks in, how did that yeah. end up being part of the song? It, it reminds uh, me of like pro wrestling entrances where like, you yeah, know, well, it kind of is. It's, it's almost ahead. that simple. I mean, I look, I, I, I'm a, an adequate guitar player, you know, and, uh, I've played with great guitar players, but what I knew when I was writing stuff is, um, I always wanted like a, a call, like in the first you know, in the first couple seconds, you know what song that is, right? Right. And I go, well, it's simple. I don't want to be, I, I, I like those drum fills that I can sing. I like the, mm. the guitar parts that I can kind of sing. And so like, on all for you, I just kind of strummed that and just picked through it and then jumped in right into the song, right into the verse. And so I thought, I was messing with it. I go, man, I'm going to leave that there and just kind of have it be a, the call. Yeah. Right. And it turned out to be, it turned out to be something that the the, fun, the best part for me about that now is like kids, um, they'll start to try to learn to play guitar from that chord. Right. <laughs> you know, cause all of a sudden, you know how it is like Sweet Home Alabama. You're like, I can play something that yeah. people recognize. They're like, look, they get that one chord and they go, rum, digga, 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 digga. <laughs> and they're like, I can do it. You know, I can do it. So, uh, you know, turn my, 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 uh, contribution to, teaching bad guitar players for 20 years <laughs> but uh but I, that you know if you look at some of those early songs like um uh happy it was the same thing it was just ba-na, 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 ba-na. it was just like oh there's that song yeah uh, or that or that delay bit on the beginning of change your mind you know just like a call yeah um and so that was a all of those little bits were um you know kind of part of the part of the writing process of uh of announcing here it is yeah that's great i love it it's it's a uh you know it gets that instant pop from a from the crowd yeah. and whatever you know immediately 
You know what I mean? It's, this is uh, happening. It, cra- it actually cracks me up almost every time. It's like that real slow, you know, the slow ar- arpeggiated uh, acoustic. You know, it just like you said, it's bright and it just pops off the tape. Yeah, it's uh, like it, it, who who knew you could get such a reaction from a G chord on an acoustic yeah, well, guitar? It's, that's know? that's my eruption. That's my version of, <laughs> that's, of Eddie. that's my, that's awesome. That's, yeah, I'm like, suck on, suck on that Eddie. Man. That's so good. That's, that's so, so, so when the producer on this was Paul Ebersold, correct? I'm a fan, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of that guy. He was real. Yeah. We're CCM guys. So, or not just, but he did a lot yeah, of yeah. like big tent revival, skillet, small town poet. Oh yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. How all did, out of Memphis. Yeah, at how did y'all land on Paul Ebersold, uh, for the, well, uh, it was, it was serendipitous. Um, he all loved this record by a band called Sonia Dada. Um, uh, and it was just this crazy, the sounds on it were really cool and um, kind of, it was a little R&B, but alternative. Anyway, we loved it. And, um, and Chet and I, I think we're looking at it one day and said, uh, who produces? Maybe we can get them to work with us or something. And I said, since Paul Eversole and Jet was like, Paul Eversole, we went uh Water Dog, which was like Andy Levine and uh, um, Anthony Diaz and all these guys, and Ryan and Jet had been in this college band in Gainesville before, and they had gone up and recorded with Paul Eversole. Oh, that's cool! And so, yeah, so, so you like, already had crazy. an in with him. That's all. We had an in, and we called him up, and uh, we got uh, spent a couple, got pooled our money, grew up in our 1982 Chevy van <laughs> named Cleavon. And we all crammed into one room at the red had the red roof in and spent two weeks making records. Fancy, that's awesome. Well, it's so neat to hear the transition, like the way y'all like even three years later on Fortress, your third album. Oh, yeah. it sounds so different to me. Like it's, it's well, I, I know it's a similar time frame, but three years isn't that long. But even like your winter, which I think is amazing, um, mm-hmm. it's it's just so different. Well, you know, I think that that's a really good. Uh, question statement sort of thing because honestly when we got in and made some were more familiar um you know we had about we 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 had a few thousand bucks um we we were kind of pushing and pulling where we wanted to put the acoustics and the electrics um and that record you know we got it out we got signed and then all of a sudden sonically that record was going up against you know, the Matchbox 20 records yeah, and the yeah. Third Eye Blind records and the Goo Goo Dolls. And, and it's like, man, I wish we could have spent a little bit more money on this and taken a year to craft the record. That, yeah, you know what I mean? So, exactly. so we felt like um, by the time we got to Fortress, the good news was we did have a budget and we did have uh, time. Um, and it shows that we could be a little bit more creative and take a little bit more time. But, uh, you know, it also made it harder because sometimes you kind of need that pressure. Um, you know, we started out making fortress out in LA with, uh, Mike Klink who did the guns and roses records. And, um, we hit a roadblock at some point and just came back to Atlanta, uh, worked with Dom McCollister, but, uh, I thought that was the next kind of evolutionary step. And I was feeling like I wanted a little bit more of that, you know, a little more edge, a little more power. um, vocally and with the guitars yeah it's, and, a, little, uh, it's and, a little more polished you can even hear it like yeah, yeah. on champagne high which we have a, a fan question that we'll pitch here to yeah, yeah. ask you but like how did you get 
Emily Sailors, uh, to be yeah. honest, that's a pretty cool connection. And I think it's Stuart, well, Stuart Scott's in the video. It's like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, separately. So Emily, um, you know, when we came back to Atlanta, we were actually in Decatur and, uh, she lives right around there. And, and I had been, uh, on a couple of pan- songwriter panels with her, but I am a huge Indigo Girls fan. Yeah. I mean, uh, songwriter singers and just, uh, amazing. In fact, when Andrew and I used, Drew and I used to do uh, an acoustic duo kind of leading into Sister Hazel, you know, we were, you know, what are you guys like? Well, we're kind of like the Indigo guys. And so uh, <laughs> so, so we were, we, you know, we were, we were huge fans. And so I said, um, there was this harmony, that course, we were, we kept messing around with that chorus and the harmony parts. And I was just like, man, uh, I'm going to call Emily and see if she wants to come in and do it. All oh, she wow, did say cool. no, right? First I half. just picked up the, I picked up the phone and she, I said, man, we're working with Don McAllister. And she was like, absolutely. What time can I come in? And so so cool. we were like, kill her. So she came in uh, the next day. Come on, Reese. She came in the next day and, uh, that's my dog. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and she just, she just killed it. I mean, she, she did such great, and actually, I felt bad for Andrew because he was in there singing a part uh, in the booth, and she walks in, and he's like, "Oh my God, there's Emily!" <laughs> and I'm just, you know, that's a puckered moment right yeah, there. But sure. uh, but I got to tell you, that's that's one of the highlights of my life. I mean, the way she sang on that, the way we ended up mixing it and pulling out parts, and and you know, I I had already written. Um, uh, kind of all of those counter melodies and stuff, but she chose a couple of different paths um, that I never would have thought of. And, and you don't and, say, "No, nah, let's do it my way." You say, "No, not <laughs> def- definitely not." And um, and it was clearly the right choice. You yeah, know? so it's money. Uh, I just can't tell you how many hours I spent in that studio just listening to listening to that track and wor- and you know mixing all that with Dawn, and uh, it was incredible. But she was she's amazing. Uh, and if any of you folks out there listening have not really listened to the Indigo Girls, they are a they are a uh, Ivy League class on how to songwrite and how to sing harmonies. So tell us how tell us how Stuart Scott ended up in the Champagne High video. Well, Stuart, it's funny we met him. Um, uh, somebody used to tell us every once in a while we'd get a message from somebody that he would be talking about a. Uh, a song lyric on Sports Center in the morning. He'd be like, <laughs> he'd like, oh, he's on a champagne high, you know, oh, something like that. Yes, or you know, so that one was that one was all for you. You know, he's right. and stuff. So, <laughs> so then we met him at uh, Hootie and the Bloodfish had this big uh, charity golf tournament every year, and uh, he came and we met him that first year, and we just became really good friends with him. And he would come out to shows and travel, and and Drew and him became very close. Um, and, um, very much like brothers and, and he was always great with us. And we said, Hey man, you want to come out and do a cameo in our video? And he's like, yeah, hey, that's so <laughs> he cool. came out and, uh, he had that short little cameo and, you know, he actually, when he passed away, um, he asked, uh, beforehand if they would invite Drew and I to come up and sing a couple oh songs. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. I just got chills. That was a chill. So moment. we actually, so we actually sang at his, at his, um, had a service and we did it. He wants champagne high and this kind of love. And, um, I don't know if he was, if I don't know if he was trying to be funny, um, or if it was just, you know, the Lord playing a joke on me, but in the program, um, it said, uh, singing, you know, this kind of love and champagne high 
is Drew Copeland and his accompaniment. Oh, I was the his accompaniment. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I've been that guy before. It's okay. I, I've been. I played a wedding, and they were like, "Yeah, I was. I was that guy." That's yeah, crazy. man. But anyway, Stuart, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I can't, I can't say enough about him. I can't say enough about um, watching him go through that cancer fight. You know, I lost a brother to cancer when I was a teenager, and so um, it was, it was. It was really a, a powerful thing to watch how he handled that, how he handled it with daughters. In fact, I just reread his book um, to, you know, put a little foot up my backside and appreciate each huh. day that we get to do all this. But anyway. Hey, since you mentioned that, if it's not too too tough to ask, can you talk a little yeah. bit about Lyrics for Life um, that you found? Oh, which yeah. I think is yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Well, uh, sure. I'm, I'm not short-winded, so I'm just going to no, go. That's and you guys, we love this. This is right. um, when I was. Uh, 16 years old, uh, my little brother, who was my very best friend, uh, was 14 years old and he was, he got sick. He got, he got real sick and he didn't want to tell, he didn't want to tell my folks cause, uh, we'd been out sneaking around smoking cigarettes and stuff. And he was like, man, I, I don't, that's probably why I'm coughing. And I'm like, dude, all right, I'm not going to give you long on this. And then, uh, we went camping one night with a bunch of our friends at these springs. He and I grew up surfing and swimming and, uh, he dove in the springs and came up and looked at me and goes, I can't breathe. And I go, man, we're not, we, we got to talk to mom and dad. So I took him, t- took him home, talked to mom and dad. Uh, he told him how he'd had this difficult time breathing, uh, took him to the hospital and they thought he had pneumonia and turned out he, he had a T cell lymphoma, huge tumor in his chest, right under his breastbone, fluid in his lungs, around his heart. They said he probably wouldn't have made it another 72 hours wow. if he hadn't gotten in there. Um, that is the kind of, uh, I, I just, I, I can't, words are inadequate to talk about the way that that just ripped the air out of my lungs and dropped me to my knees. I mean, it was cancer. It's cancer. We're teenagers, you know, yeah. um, we're supposed to be chasing girls and playing music and going to school. And, and instantly it turned into spinal taps and chemotherapy and radiation and mortality. Mm. And, um, so, you know, he battled, um, up and down for four and a half years. So, uh, for that back half of my teens up till I was 20, um, that was the central part of our life. And, um, you know, just like any tragedy, there's so much that you have to kind of sift through. Um, but there are some amazing people that you meet and some amazing revelations that you come to, um, as you're trying to navigate that trauma and all that. So, you know, when the band uh, finally got a platform, you know, we would always, we always felt like, look, we named ourselves Sister Hazel after an old black minister lady who ran a homeless shelter down here, right? And her her whole thing was, I don't care. I don't care what religion you are, how education, finances, gender, orientation, uh, you know, anything, if you need to place a dust off and regroup, get on your feet, I'm going to give you that place. And so for us as a band, we always said, if we can lend our vehicle to a worthy cause, we would do that. Mm. Um, and it felt good to do that. And so eventually my mom goes, Hey, you got, you got your soapbox. Now, what are you going to say? Yeah. And I said, well, so I, I had this idea for lyrics for life, which basically at first was, I was just going to reach out to people and say, look, Write down a song 
on anything you can find, like like the back of a barf bag on a Delta flight, <laughs> and send it to us, and we'll make it cool. And um, you know, like uh, Kid Rock sent in, you know, used boxer shorts that he had signed, and <laughs> you know, uh, I surf. I, I wrote lyrics on an old surfboard, and um, Edwin McCain is, was a pilot. Wrote "I'll Be on Propeller Prop." Um, you know, it's, all this stuff started coming in. Uh, you know, John Mayer walked down to the pawn shop, bought an old guitar, wrote stuff, sent it in, and we were like, "This is just amazing." And so, to make a long story short, um, we have now raised between those auction items and these concerts that we put on, uh, bringing in different artists, um, we've raised over three million dollars. That's amazing! For, wow. Yeah, thanks, man, and for cancer research and programs that help uh, kids and their families, and so. You know, about, I guess it's four or five years ago now, uh, we, you know, we do the rock boat, we do the hazelnut hanging, these things. We, we wanted to do like a like a camping event. And so we started this thing called Camp Hazelnut as a fan thing. And and we got out there and we had an extra cabin. And, uh, and somebody invited somebody to get cancer uh, uh, in the, from Tampa or Gainesville out to the, to the camp with their families. We did it and, 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 at the end of that weekend, we all looked at each other and go, this is what it has to be about. Wow. And so over the last four years, we scholarship these families in, uh, siblings like I was, you know, they get, they get um, a little bit marginalized because they have to be right uh, during all that. And they're going through all that pain and all that. So anyway, we bring them out there. We do, you know, archery, ropes, course, music, bonfires, concerts, uh, luau, canoeing, swimming. You know, all this stuff, and uh, it's just getting to be kids for the weekend, and it's on our dime. It's so cool. That's I've fantastic. I've looked it up online. It's awesome. And for the listeners, you know, you can check out – even I saw your Facebook page, the Lyrics for Life. It's it's great. So follow Thanks, me. man. Appreciate it. Thank you for what you did on that. I want to take a minute on that. So I'll kind of bring it up just a little bit, um, and <laughs> yeah. but that's amazing. Um, on your Thanks, fifth man. album, Lift, you guys have a great cover of Just What I Needed. By the, were you a Cars, <laughs> yeah. were you a Cars <laughs> fan? Did, did you I was an enormous Cars fan, yes. Okay. Um, so – uh, so here's the thing, man. We are a we are a uh, five man democracy, right? Like each one of us has, <laughs> right. has equal votes That's on good. things. And at that time, um, you know, people were doing some different covers, and we thought, you know, we had certainly played uh, covers being a band, a college band, really grown up. And um, we thought, man, let's come up with a cool cover and put it on this record, um, and maybe it could even be a single. Um, and so the first and last time that I can remember we had a unanimous vote on anything was we all picked just what I, just what I needed. Wow. And I thought, I thought it came out great. Yeah. We sent it to radio and it went, wah, wah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's great. I like it. I recommend everybody. I appreciate it, man. My I think it, Go ahead. I thought it came out great too. I thought, I, and, uh, Skid Mills produced that and Skid, um, that record, you know, talking about some power. He really had a, a lot of energy on the guitars and drums on that record. Um, and Ryan played some killer parts um, and all those answer backs. I thought it came out great, man. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but it did not do quite what we had hoped it would. I, th- I think Rob <laughs> has a question actually off of that album. I do, yeah. Same question. This is a this is actually a fan question um, mm-hmm. from from a listener named Erin uh, E R I N. Mm-hmm. She has a yeah, question yeah, off yeah. that same uh, same album. What is yes. the instrumental song Erin about? It's obviously about her. She wants she just wants to make sure. 
Well, it, it is. That's it's definitely about her. I mean, we. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm so glad that she called in yeah. because we've been looking for her. <laughs> you um, found, you found <laughs> um, actually, Ryan was married at the time, and his wife, uh, who we had all known since college, her middle name was Aaron, and uh, he wrote that instrumental and called it, named it after his his wife Jim's middle name. There you go. Um, I do. I've got another fan question. Uh, also from uh, wait a minute, family. you're going to talk to all of our fans, just like That's five right. people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get all of them in here. <laughs> uh, a, fan, a fan, same fan, name Aaron uh, wants to wants to know what inspired Tear by Tear um, off of mm-hmm. the Absolutely album, um, and she wanted to know in in the light of you know, uh, there's obviously strings of tragedies like school shootings yeah. and, and all, all these things in yeah. recent years, has that ta- song taken on a different meaning and have you gotten, are there any stories that are connected to things like that, that you have heard where that song has been a source of, you know, kind of, um, inspiration or refuge for, for people who have gone through tragedy? Yeah. I, um, I think the idea for me was that, um, something as universal as as sadness or pain um it, it should be a place where we can actually connect you know it's like we all have that we all have that hole uh in our soul sometimes and we all go through grief or sadness or pain everybody has shame um that you don't know what to do with and um you know i actually had just gotten sober right before that and um there's a way to keep going step by step which is kind of a 12-step nod Mm -hmm. um and then uh fix what's been broken brick by brick um and the idea that we drain our pain tier by tier is just you know let it go let it go and that's how we're going to kind of find our place but the thing about that song is that i i sat it took me a while to finish it uh, because it has these little vignettes, you know, the, uh, let me try to remember. It's like the mother waits because her teenager's late uh, till the knock on the door. And he says, ma'am, I'm so sorry. Soldiers come home one leg less than they've gone with. Um, we all walk around like there's just nothing wrong with it. Doctor, you know, on and on, doctor cries because his patient died. All this stuff. I don't want to read my own song. No, I don't want to no. do my own song. But, but yeah, the, and the last part. Um, I think the last one was a fat kid at school uh, couldn't take any more of the taunts and the names and the ugliest words. Okay. No one even no one even stopped to notice. They went on with their day till he pulled out a gun and blew himself away. And then it kind of stops. And it goes into that. These things are going to happen. We can do every, let's do everything we can to keep people from getting this hurt to help them from that. But if you do, like everybody runs into that. It, there, there's a way to keep going, you know, yeah. let that pain out, build it, build on it. And, uh, that was, that was, a. I was so glad when that record made that song made the record. Um, cause I really was happy with the way uh, it came out. Um, I do have one question while you're talking about writing, uh, and different styles and bringing in, you did a country album. So lighter in the dark is like a country album. And anyway, right any way you look at it, it's country. Mm-hmm. So karaoke mm-hmm. song with Darius Rucker, tell our listeners, what's your go-to karaoke song? So you step into a karaoke bar. What's your song? Do you do uh, a sister Hazel song? Do you do all three? <laughs> I got to tell you, all right, well, let me tell you a story about that. Yes, please. So one year, one year, 
I'm guessing it's 98, maybe 99. Um, we are touring out west, and we had a rare night off, and we were staying at a Holiday Inn um, outside of, like, oh, I think it was Spokane, Washington. And um, I was going to go to bed. I was just going to crash. I'm laying in my bed, and the phone rings. And I answered, and it's mostly the crew guys, and they're in the bar. Uh, at the holiday in lounge <laughs> and they're like they're like come on man we never get a night off come have a drink and i'm like all right man so i go in there and have a couple cocktails with them and they're doing karaoke behind me and you know i'm kind of looking over there it's kind of funny all of a sudden i hear the lady go and up next is ken block and he's gonna sing all for you by sister hazel <laughs> I'm like, and, I'm, and i look i look at my guys i'm like you did not that's like, hilarious Grr! so i go up and like and those people take that stuff really seriously, man. Like <laughs> those are those are weekly attendees, and right. so I, I get up there and, and I get to the mic and I go to say something, and and it doesn't work. And she walks over and, go, and there's a switch on the mic, and she goes, "Oh, honey, you don't do this very often, do you?" Oh. <laughs> and I go, "No." So anyway, song starts, and they're kind of nodding their head, and I see that they're going, "Wow, it kind of sounds like him." And then I see this lady tap. Right in the front table, she touched she goes, I saw that guy on Regis last week. <laughs> <laughs> so by the end of the song, they kind of figured it out. But the first, uh, the first time you said Tom in your way, you're yeah, Tom. Exactly. They're like, oh, that's Ken Block. Nobody, oh, goes, that's nobody says Tom like Ken Block. We can't even do it. So. <laughs> oh, man, man, it's funny. Uh, but that was the first time to do that. And I did your winner one time uh, up in Chicago. But um, I, you know, I don't really get to go karaoke a whole lot, <laughs> but I think if I, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with like an old, uh, an old Sam Cooke song. Oh or, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like I love like bring it on home to me. Yeah. And, that's uh, good. All that stuff. I, I love all that oh, old, that good. old soul blues thing. Anyway. Before, before Fantastic. we slide off of ladder in the dark, I got one more thing yeah. about that. And then we have a question that we ask everybody. Uh, small town yeah. living could actually be my anthem. I'm from a town called Athens, Tennessee. So there's a yeah. shout out to all my, my crew back home in Athens. That's our, it's good stuff. So thank you for writing nice, that. And for nobody else for me. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> Um, oh, I appreciate it. Doesn't that sound like it should be in a commercial? Yes. Oh, yes. That that is a commercial <laughs> jingle. There you go. I like it for sure. It's, it's for, it should be for a tire company or something. Yes. <laughs> that, I was thinking something like Chevy or something. Yes. Come on, uh, I feel. It. Well, you know what it should be. It should be for Ford because you guys did sink my ride. So they should bring That's you. That's true. They should bring you That's back true. to do that for the next Ford commercial. There you go. Hey, I drive. I drive a twelve-year-old Ford. Uh, uh, expedition right now with 200,000 miles now, on it. 12 so. years. I just did the math. I bet you got some yeah. sort of deal with the 2009 Sink My Ride thing. Did they give you a Ford or did you get the hook up? No, no, no. They didn't give us a Ford. They, they, I don't remember what we got for doing that. But, uh, <laughs> Here's a baseball cap. We, right. Here's a, right. Right. All right. Last question. And then we'll let you enjoy your day, kid. You've been awesome. We appreciate your time. Oh, thanks, so you're on tour. You go into a gas station. What is your gas mm-hmm. station snack food of choice? I'll tell you mine while you're thinking of yours. I get a Three Musketeers bar every time because uh, my mom would say you can get any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces, and they're all the same price. So I get a Three Musketeers bar. What is your gas station snack food of choice? All right. Well, I go. There's three ways I go. Okay. Right? If I'm chocolate mood, I'm a... Milky Way, double okay. the double Milky Way one. There we go. Um, if I'm in kind of a uh, gummy mood, it's either gummies or Mike and Ike's. 
Okay, oh, Mike and I. There we go. That's good. Yeah, Mike and I are, are uh, hot tamales. Yeah, um, and then uh, and uh, if I if I'm feeling just really hungry, I'll grab some beef jerky. Okay, okay solid. there we go. Yeah. None of that turkey jerky. Give you the real. No, beef that's yeah, that's not the real deal, that's man. Right. I mean. Uh, Ken, you've been a blast. Thanks for yeah. hanging out with us. I hope you had fun with us. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, guys. And I appreciate what y'all do. Love the podcast. Thank and, you. And uh, happy to do it. Maybe Thank we'll do another one one of these days. That'll absolutely. That'll be wonderful. This has been a really fun interview. Yeah, we, I, we've I've loved, loved your stuff. energy. Oh, it's been great, man. Good vibe. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it and appreciate what y'all are doing. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, Keep doing what so you're much. doing, man. Yep. See you, bud. Okay. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye-bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Ken Block of Sister Hazel. What a I just loved it all over again. Listening so to it uh, uh, again was just fantastic. Um, so, uh, Ken, you're welcome anytime. You know what? Just come on over. Just call us. You we'll, can, yeah. We'll throw something on the grill. You know, we'll, we'll hang just play out. hours of Stump the Genius. Yeah. And you can just hang out with us. It'll be great. We'll play some video we'll games. We'll have a great time. We'll have a wonderful time. Um, I hope that's not offensive. If, if he was offended by that, we lost him early in the episode. That's right. You know? And he'll and never. We are doing that with the highest compliment. We think it's Absolutely. wonderful. It's a hook unto itself. That's right. You know, before you even get to the chorus, you've got it's just one more thing that you that you love about the song. Anyway, uh, like I said earlier, join us on social media at Great Song Pod. Uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash great song pod if you choose to do that. And we are most grateful for your ears and for your time and for your support of any kind thank you so much for being part of the show and part of the worldwide movement that is the great song podcast we continue on and we'll be back next week more 90s with oh, another... we're, we're, at, we're knee deep in 90s yes sir next week we got a doozy for you oh, absolute so doozy and uh until then i'm rob i am jp go listen to some music